Well, there's not much to tell. I'm in the dark in a cave in a theater all day, but that's all right because in the morning time I get to see your beautiful face and you're dressed in florals. Florals for spring. Groundbreaking. Living in a cave. (laughs) That pretty much describes my 2016 to 2018. Um, but listen, if you want to come cave diving, I don't know. There's a cave diving joke in there somewhere. I know my target demographic. If you want to join Joey and I on the Patreon, that is where we do all of our bonus content. You will get all of our regular feed episodes ad free, as well as all of our bonus content. We've got a bunch of back episodes from Who the Bleep Did I Marry to See No Evil to Snapped. We are just finishing up Pink Collar Crimes. The and I, fucking best. You hear this? You will know that our new Patreon series is called Love, Honor, and Betrayal. You're going to find that on Amazon Prime, and that is our next series as of right now. So join us on the Patreon. Just go to our website, click the Patreon link. You also get all kinds of fun bonus stuff like first access to our live shows, as well as our close friends circle. That's really where you're going to see naked pictures of Joey. I'm naked right now. (laughs) He is literally topless right now. So if that interests you, join us. Anything else to tell the people before we dive on into this episode? I mean, I have been saying it for weeks now. If you are missing out on pink collar crimes, I don't know what you're doing with your life. It is... It is so camp. It's really the corner of true crime and camp. It is. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You and I are having a blast doing it. Honestly, the only thing they've done wrong is not make a season two. So I have some letters to write. Truly. And also that's something I have never been able to say about us. We're having a blast doing it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Episode five. Every mother's son tells the story of the disappearance of Elijah Bear Diaz. A courageous young man battles against his poor health. He just wanted to be normal. It was hard for him to shoot insulin into his body. If he didn't, he would be really sick. Then, in the middle of the night, he vanishes. It seemed to be suspicious. Nobody had heard from Bear. Investigators soon realize nothing is adding up. Bear left that night either with someone or against his will. And a different local missing person case raises even more questions. This boy's name was Elijah. And I go, wow, maybe there's a connection. Leaving everyone desperate for answers. I can't sit in the past and think about things that were. I just would like to have closure. So here we are on August 29th, 2015 in El Cajon, California, which is a small town in San Diego. You guys were in my backyard. Well, your backyard right now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, oh. I think. I didn't want to confuse the people and them all think you're, a, you know, a Californian because then they'd really get confused with the accent jumbles. Oh, Ellen, what are you doing here? Check <laughs> <laughs> the 405. <laughs> Wait, do you know what's so funny? Watching my daughter discover things not in real time. Yeah. Her and her friends have just discovered the Californians from <laughs> SNL. Yes. And she's like, Mom, like, do people do that? I'm like, yeah, because... 
And I'm trying to explain it to her. I'm like, because in L.A. there's so much traffic. Don't explain jokes to 12-year-olds. They're all anyway. But she's just (laughs) found it. It's really fun reliving all of these old things. You know, like I told you, she found Substitute Teacher by Key and Peele. Oh, yes. You know, A.A. Ron and stuff. And she has just been cackling. I'm like, babe, that video is from 10 years ago. You're embarrassing yourself. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, where are we again? Who am I? (laughs) August 29th, 2015. It's a warm, humid evening in El Cajon, California, a small city that lies in a valley between San Diego and the Peninsula mountain ranges beyond. 20-year-old Elijah Bear Diaz is getting a ride home from his mom, Leilani, after spending time with their extended family. So here we are in California. Elijah Bear Diaz, he's 20 years old. He's getting a ride home with his mom, Leilani. I love that name. I I've always do loved that too. name. It's so, it's so uh sing-songy. It sounds like songs should be written about that name. Yes. But the family had a funeral that day, and Bear actually didn't attend because he's currently suffering from neuropathy which are these painful blisters on his feet that's caused by, from a complication of his type 1 diabetes. You know, my uncle suffered from this, and it is extremely painful, and it's also extremely frustrating for the person who is suffering from it, especially if you were, like, previously a very active person. And this sweet baby's only 20. Yeah. He had it since he was six years old. Six years old. This sweet little angel. And that night, Mama Leilani, she had picked Bear up. She said he was pretty agitated. She she thought maybe it was the kids swimming and screaming in the pool. And I just want to say... There is nothing more infuriating than the sound of adolescent screams. Whether it's in the streets, in a pool, in a car, shut them damn kids up, always yelling, gotta dodge their Cheeto-filled sneezes, and their hands holding on to lizards, and melting pudding pops, snot running out their noses, they're disgusting, and I thank God every day that butt babies don't survive. I think we have some mothers and fathers in our listenership. No, I'm just kidding. You, I love kids. I just hate when they scream. You are my worst type of person. When one time Lola, Lola was a really good public kid. Like yeah. she didn't have a lot of public meltdowns. But once we were on the subway and she had a melt, she, if you, she could define meltdown. If you YouTube meltdown, this picture of Lola and the anxiety, and I know we're, we're talking about adolescents, but I'm just saying that anxiety of knowing when your kids are getting loud, yeah. it makes your cheeks hot. You know, you're just like, you're oh, trying sure. to be a good mom and you're trying to keep it together. And I just snapped at this man of the subway. I was like, oh, you never cried before. <laughs> like I turned into the dark crystal. I was like, <laughs> but no, that I understand. But I'm so happy that you're so loving and, and considerate towards the youth. But anyway. <laughs> Without any insulin, Bear could suffer from severe headaches and uncontrolled vomiting, potentially requiring emergency medical treatment. It was hard for him to shoot insulin into his body. I mean, he would hurt, and if he didn't take his insulin, he would be really sick. He asked me one time when he wouldn't have to take the shots anymore. Something that doesn't go away, you have to do it forever. Bear also, he takes two different types of insulin Mm -hmm. three times a day. He has to mix the two insulins together three times a day. He's not only physically in pain, he's emotionally struggling a little bit. There's so much that goes into balancing your sugar levels, you know, after eating, after exercising. It's kind of a constant dance. Anybody who lives with 
either, you know, type of diabetes, I think, understands this this journey, you know, constantly pricking your finger, constantly yeah. testing. It's and also telling a little kid, yeah. no, you can't have that. And, you know, explaining to a little kid the restrictions of that must have been so frustrating. Yeah. And also I, I kept thinking about like, you know, a kid's outside playing. You got to stop what you're doing. Come inside. Mm-hmm. Check your sugar. Eat something. Get an injection, an injection. And you're doing that three times a day. And, and also a six year old seeing their friends have a pudding pop and you can't yeah. have one. I mean, it, my heart broke for him. And also if you don't do it, it can re- result in severe headaches and yeah. uncontrolled vomiting. And then it leads to a coma. I mean, that's a lot for a six-year-old. It really is. Yeah. Leilani was a single mom at the time with two more kids to look after as well. Bear's older sister, Miranda, and his younger brother, Stephen. I left my children's father in 2000. They were six four and two. Looking for a fresh start, Leilani decided to move the family from Riverside County back to the Barona Indian Reservation. I looked into the Barona Indian Reservation. It's a federally recognized tribe of the Kumye Indians, who are sometimes known as the Mission Indians. I love that. I was always very fascinated. I remember learning about reservations when yeah. I was young. Yeah. And I was always very fascinated because there were some in Sonoma, in Napa, you know, where I grew up. And it's it's really fascinating the way it works and the way they all work together. And Yeah, I'm very fascinated by that. And also, Mama Leilani says, look, when you live on a reservation... You're surrounded by family. Your family are your neighbors. And her parents lived only a mile and a half away. Now, listen, I love family very much. (laughs) But when it comes to family, they are prone to crossing boundaries because most families don't have boundaries. (laughs) And some of your friends, nice to see you, Yellen Marsh. And, um... And I don't need my Aunt Cookie showing up at my house in the evening when I'm hosting other homosexuals for a rousing game of adult twister, if you know what I'm saying. So having your family close literally in the neighborhood is a blessing and a curse for me, at least. You play complicated Twister often. I feel like you were just talking about that. How often do you play Twister, my love? Come over anytime. You can watch. You can't play, but you can watch. (laughs) Okay. No, I do think... Oh, boy. I do think that's that's wonderful because I can tell you as a single mom, that village scenario that people talk about is very, very real. You are part yeah. of my village. There yeah. have been days where I'm like, Joey, I am in a perfect storm. Can you go drop Lola off at ballet? Yeah. And I'm, honestly, it really, knowing that your village are also the people that you trust and that you love, whether or not that be family, but just knowing they're close, oh, yeah. that just must be so comforting. Absolutely. I mean- You did take her to ballet and all of a sudden she kept saying, the fuck is my lube? But I didn't really want to bring that up to you. Well, now is as good a time as any. (laughs) Not the fuck is my lube. Mommy, what's a power bottom? Nothing. I'll tell you when you're older. (laughs) Shut up and get inside. Maybe Uncle Joey shouldn't take you to ballet anymore, honey. Okay. (laughs) So despite his diagnosis, Bear was determined to lead a regular life. He was out and about a lot. He loved to surf and he did it for hours. Have you ever surfed? No, I have no desire. I also, I'm not trying to ride nothing I'm going to drown in. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's scary. I dated a surfer who lived in Redondo Beach and do you know what his name was? Oh, Jesus. What was it? His name, well, his name was Henry Jackson IV, but he went by Quad. 
And any of my friends from LA will I remember. I quit this podcast. His name was Quad. Quad. Anyway, also, Jesus, we really off the rails very early on in this episode. Patrick's knocking on the booth door. He's like, <laughs> you guys, get the fuck back to work. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I met him at El Capitan High School. I was a sophomore and he was a freshman. And from day one, we just clicked. It felt like he was my long lost brother. We'd come up here to Brona and go to his mom's house. We'd go adventure. He had a rhino and a dirt bike. We would just go off in the hills and have fun and be young and kids. He and his best friend Jack, who was also here talking about how much he loved Bear, they would dirt bike up in the mountains, which sounds terrifying to me, but listen, he was out there living his life. All that to say, like, he was trying to balance his diagnosis and living with type 1 diabetes with having a normal childhood. Yeah. yeah, that was a lot of his life, trying to balance those things, but also in and out of hospitals, doctor's appointments. When he was 17, he was hospitalized for five months. So could you imagine like being 17, the end of high school, trying to do, you know, work and all that socializing and everything. So I can just imagine that was a struggle for him. That's a lot. And he was in the hospital so long, he eventually just had to get his GED. Yeah. And he was in so much pain. And also he didn't want people to see him as a sick person. Of course. You know? So now throughout all of this, Mama Leilani stayed by Bear's side. They were extremely close. She took really good care of him and tried to give him a a really high quality of life. And Bear loved his mama for that. Yeah. So at the Barona Casino, everyone who was a part of this area in the the reservation got a piece of the profit every month. Now, if you were above 18, you got your share. And if you were 18 or younger, it went into a trust fund. So when Bear turned 18, he had a nice little lump sum of a nest egg there waiting for him. And he wanted to get off the reservation, mostly because it was so secluded. You had to go anywhere, you know, gas, groceries, anything was like a trek. So he wanted to go move down to El Cajon, which was about 20 minutes from the reservation. And he found a home. And guess what? He had enough money to buy it with cash. I mean, that's quite a feat for 20 years old. That's amazing. I mean, good for him to be able to do that at 20 years old. And also, we meet a sergeant from the El Cajon Police Department who tells us that the money Bear earned from casino profits was anywhere from $6,000 to $10,000 a month. That's a lot of money for a 20-year-old. Yeah, it really is. The teenager wanted to share his home with people his own age. And it wasn't long before he made some new friends at a local hookah lounge. The hookah lounge scene, it's a meeting place for kids. It's a place to congregate, talk, and they have hookah, which is a water pipe where they put flavored tobaccos in and they smoke. So when he's in El Cajon, he's all set up. He loves his home. He makes a bunch of friends. They hang out at a hookah lounge. When I was in high school, we used to go to a hookah lounge. We thought we were so bad, and I hated it. I hated smoking hookah. It's not my favorite, but also for those of you who don't know what hookah is, don't worry. Uh, this detective from the El Cajon PD is here to mansplain what hookah is like we're all fucking idiots. We know <laughs> what hookah is. Thank you so much for your contribution. Anyway. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's flavored tobacco. I smoked out of a water pipe. It's totally fine. I just didn't like it. And I pretended that I did. But also, who doesn't know what hookah is? Yeah, no. Uh, well, he... he he wanted to tell us what he knew about stuff. Well, yeah, man stuff. He's, a, he's at that airtime. Anyway, his best friend Jack says that Bear was the consummate host, 
always had people over, yeah. never a dull moment. And I'm like, of course, if I owned my own home at 20, I have buddies over all the time. But when friends came over to my house, I'd be like, now you stay on the runner. Keep your hands off the walls. I don't want to see your goddamn fingerprints on my new black paint. My walls are black. Okay. <laughs> Joey and I have such different design aesthetics he was painting before he left. He's like, want to see my house? Y'all, it looked like fucking Gomez Adams moved in and was like, we painted all black. (laughs) He's got that smiley personality, but she's dark. Yeah, she's dork-sided. Dork (laughs) house lockics and tarot card readings. There was always a lot of people at his house. Always. There was never a dull moment. When the hookah lounge closed, they all just migrated to his house and Kept smoking hookah and talking about nothing. Bear and his friends would just continue the party at his place, and why not? And everyone always just said he was, you know, generous, you know, giving rides, hosting people. But here's the thing. He wasn't really keeping up with his insulin correctly. And he developed, you know, the neuropathy, the cataracts. And we're talking that his wounds were so bad, they could have led to amputation. He was not well. Yeah. Now, remember... Bear was doing well for himself, so, you know, he had several large TVs in his home. He owned a couple cars. He just bought himself a brand new- No, 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 baby. They didn't say a couple cars. They said several. Wow. I was like, how many is several? Remember when that lady had several kids? I was like, I don't like that word, several. Well, that implies three. Does several imply three? It implies more than two because two's a couple. Okay. All right. Well, you know, he was maybe a little bit flashy with his money a little bit. Yeah. Not in a braggy way, but maybe just in a like, I'm going to treat myself to these things kind of way. And also treated other people. He was just a really generous guy. And I think I think he probably also realized, like, I can afford to do things that maybe my friends can't. And I want everybody to be a part of the fun. Sure. So it's August 30th. And this night that you remember they come home from the funeral. Leilani gets to Bear's house at about 10 p.m. They were chatting about his future, his life, what's going to happen. And she kind of like gently suggests maybe he should go back to school. And he is not into that idea. Not at all. Now, and also keep in mind, like, Mama Leilani was helping Bear a lot. Yeah. Like, she would clean and dress his wounds on his feet, yeah. take him for drives out of the house to get, you know, get dinner, just to get him out of the house. So he was spending a lot of time with his mom, not as much with his friends. Yeah. And and and, and it, I think all of it was really getting to him. And, you know, we've all been there when we, we take out our frustrations on people that we love. And that night, it seems like that's what happened. I, I did that when I was younger. And then I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. But that's something you learn as you go. Yeah. And so they did have a big blowout yeah, argument that and night. Yeah, he was just saying, you don't understand what I'm going through. And he was yelling. And when you see your child in pain and you see your child struggling, that confusion is hard. So maybe she was overstepping and then he was frustrated. And, you know, when you have that much love, you feel safe enough to be your ugly self in front of people. Yeah. And he kind of like lashed out. And they got in, you know, a heated argument. She left. She was really upset. She left at 1030 and she got home and, you know, texted because, you know, you can kind of take a step back and and see. And obviously, you know, she basically said, you know, I made it home. Please take some Advil. And then he texted back. "Okay, I love you, which was the last time she heard from him, which thank God he said that. I mean, honestly, I'm, I, it makes me emotional a little because yeah. I, I just 
you, you know, that's the thing. Like, you, you never know when the last time's going to be the last time, yeah. you know? And I, it's you, you and I have always talked about this where I say, I don't want to waste time being angry with people or upset with people. You know, shit happens, but, like, I want to clear stuff up because you just never know. And it's, I, 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 I would hate for the last time I speak to someone to, to be in anger or, yeah. you know, he, it, so... I felt so much for her in yeah. this moment. Yeah. And um, it just makes me, yeah, it definitely makes me emotional for reasons that you know and for all of you all know now too. So please stop crying on our comedy podcast. <laughs> I'm not crying yet, but I'm glad. Hello, Patrick. <laughs> August 30th, 2015. After an emotional discussion the previous night with her eldest son, Bear, about his future, Leilani Thompson is hopeful that this day will be a better one for them both. When I left Bear on Saturday night, and I let him know I would be back. I woke up the next morning, text Bear asking him what he wanted for lunch. He didn't respond. So Leilani wakes up in the morning and texts him, you know, what do you want for lunch? And then she instantly turns into me because he doesn't answer. And she's like, are you mad at me? <laughs> Is he mad at me? I feel like he's mad at me. So she drives to his house. With... I'm laughing because that's so it's, you. It's so me. <laughs> it's also me too. Go ahead. Hey, how are you? Can I ask you a quick question before we start? Um, are you mad at me? Uh, ma'am, this is a Panera bread. I'm like, I know, but can you just clear the air between us right now? Because I just, I felt some weirdness when I walked up to the cash register. Are we good? Are we good? Okay, we're good. We're good. I will have the, you pick two. <laughs> Undeterred by Bear's silence, Leilani drives 20 minutes across town to his house. I assumed he was sleeping. I didn't really get worried about that at all. I just figured I would show up and he would be happy to see me. After that, she's like, I'm going to your motherfucking house. I don't care if you're not responding, baby. I'm yeah. coming. And so she gets to his house around 3 p.m. and lets herself in. No bear. She goes to his bedroom and the bedroom door is locked. She gets into the bedroom. No bear. So now the first thing she thinks is, oh, oh, God, did did he hurt himself? And that's when we get a little backstory. And it is it is sad. So when Bear was eight years old, Leilani had remarried a man by the name of Donald Thompson and he had five kids and they welcomed them into their family and home. Now, Jacob was Donald's second youngest son. And him and Bear were really close. They had a really fun relationship, even though they weren't really the same ages. Jacob was a little bit older he had really taken the time to get to know Bear, to bond with him over, you know, music and, you know, common interests and things. And the year before Bear went missing in 2015, sadly, Jacob died by suicide. Yeah. And Bear was really obviously very affected at losing his brother. So naturally, Leilani's mind, you know, because remember, Bear can't really walk or get around on his own yeah. in this moment. That's not for yeah. forever. He's just in a place right now where his feet are so bad. So anywhere he would have wanted to go, someone would have gone, had to have gone with him. Yes. So she's thinking maybe this argument triggered him in some way. And she immediately starts panic looking through his home. Yeah. And here's where it gets weird. Yeah. I found that his TV was missing. His bed had been stripped. His pillows and a blanket were on the ground. I didn't know what to think. It's one thing to take off with your friends. You would maybe grab a blanket and pillow if you were gonna sleep on the couch. You would not take your TV. His backpack, his crutches, and the money from his safe were all gone. 
Now, Leilani knows that Bear always kept his wallet in his backpack. And I mean, he tried to be discreet about the fact that he kept cash in a safe in his room. However, I mean, like we said, the fact that he had money was evident in the way that he lived his life. He, you know, he didn't have a lot of bills or expenses. He was single and he was able to buy what he wanted when he wanted to. But he had $7,000 in cash in that $7,000. I was like at 20? Wow. Yeah. So we hear Detective Barber from the El Cajon Police Department say that like, you know, one of his roommates had come home at 2.30 in the morning and the roommate said, you know, he came home and Bear's door was closed, which was not suspicious. You know, when you live with roommates, shut those doors, put the blinds on, put on some loud music, you know, build yourself a fort out of blankets. Who wants roommates? Why do you have roommates? I'm kidding. We've all had roommates. It's the worst. (laughs) Leilani calls Bear, calls his cell phone, no answer. And so now she's thinking, okay, he has a couple doctor's appointments the next day. And so Leilani decides to wait until then to keep looking. The next day he had doctor's appointments. And if he were to have left the house to get away from me, he still would have gone to the doctor. Doctor visits were very commonplace in Bear's life and he understood the importance. I drove to his chiropractic appointment, which was the first appointment for the day. So I went ahead and went in and spoke to the receptionist. She said that Bear hadn't arrived. Everybody is different. I get that sometimes you don't want something to be true. So you just hope on through it that it's all going to be fine. So I feel like she was justifying, you know, rather than going, you know, zero to Patrick and, you know, sounding the (laughs) alarms and calling everybody. She was kind of working through it, you know. From a very rational, which I know that's that's a that's a big word for Almo, from a very like <laughs> rational point of view. So she's thinking he's gonna show up for those appointments. Also, I understand not wanting to be like, I'm not gonna be super dramatic here. Yeah. I don't wanna you know that thing where you're you're late ten minutes for your curfew and you you walk through the door and your mom's like, I thought you were dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you I, I get her trying what she's trying to do. So anyway, she goes to his first appointment at the chiropractor and he's not there. And then later he has another doctor's appointment. He's not there. So at this this point, she has no idea where he is. And she and her daughter go to the sheriff's department to file a report. And baby, they said what we always hate. Go ahead. I take, mean, take it away. Had I known when I first heard this on Disappeared way back in, you know, the days of yore and yesteryear, that this would be something that would continue to infuriate me week after week, all these episodes later, I probably wouldn't have gotten so upset in the at the jump. You know, I didn't know this was something that they say, but the sheriff's department basically like, you know, took a pen and jotted it on a post-it and was like, I mean, he's an adult, he's got money, he's allowed to, you know, take off from his life if he wants to, but I'll put a post-it here and, you know, if I see, you know, a little boy with blisters on his feet, I'll let you know. I mean, I continue to be shocked and upset every time they fucking say that. Like, it, it yeah. just, it angers me every time. This is your literal job. Yeah. This is your job. You take my tax dollars yeah. for you to go and find my child. Go file that goddamn report yeah. and go find my child. And also, Leilani is also thinking beyond what, what he could be going through emotionally. She's like, I know for a fact he only has two weeks supply of medicine. He will yeah. be very physically affected and he will be in pain without this medicine. Yeah. And so it seems like the police aren't really doing much other than, you know, writing shit down on post-its and crossing their fingers. So 
Leilani tries getting in touch with all of Bear's friends to see if he's like hiding out somewhere. Yeah. You know, just trying to like put space between them. Honey, she reaches out on every platform. She's like on, I'm, I'm messaging you on Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, anything to get new information. Best friend Jack, he's like, I don't know anything. I'm so sorry. So she isn't able to come up with anything. However, she has one hope. And that centers on the annual powwow at the Barona Reservation because it's something that Bear would never miss. Yeah. A powwow is a gathering of natives from different tribes. And it's a day of dance and singing and just all kinds of cultural events. And Bear loved it. And they show some footage of it. It's absolutely stunning. And she was like, if he doesn't show up for this... That's it. Yeah. Something has happened. Yeah. And and also, we should say, she set up a booth yeah. with flyers and posters so people could keep an eye out for him, which is very smart, actually. Yeah. But sadly, Bear never shows up. Yeah. So now Mama Leilani is left to wonder, like, what has happened to my child? Has he been murdered? Yeah. You know? I can't even imagine. No. I can't even imagine. So she's like, you know what? I didn't really get the response I wanted from the police. So she's like, hey, me again. Yeah. Uh, he's still, you know, missing and not here. And also they were like, he didn't pick up his check from the reservation. Yeah. And she's like, he can't walk or drive. So yeah. something has happened. He didn't get up and drive anywhere. He didn't go missing on purpose. Someone had to help him. Absolutely. Detective Mark Barber is assigned to the case. We went into the house to rule out any signs of foul play. So we photographed the entire exterior, interior, and then used an alternate light source to see if there was any signs of a crime scene. We looked at the entire house, searched everywhere, and nothing showed a struggle or that anything had happened there. Ellen's got her hands up in the air. She's got, yes, Miss Marsh, something you'd like to say? Yeah, um, I'm not a uh, foul play expert. Or like Uh a foul play police person. Uh But we've already established that his bed was stripped and the pillows were on the floor. And his TV was missing. And his crutches and his money and his backpack weren't there. And there was no foul play. I mean... Does that that doesn't scream a crime scene to anyone? And, oh, honey. And so they blue light the room, right? You know, that magic light. Yes. And they say there was no sign of a struggle. And I'm going to give pushback again. I yeah. know. I know. But, like, whether the struggle was with himself or with someone else, you're saying there wasn't a struggle. And they're like, the blankets on the floor? Yeah, I don't think that was um, from a struggle. The bed was stripped. <laughs> Also, I'm going to say no, not a struggle. And the TV was just missing. Yeah, I just, I don't feel like that was a struggle. Yeah. You know what it is? What? It's strange. (laughs) How many times did they say strange? They were like, the TV missing was strange and the bed the bed being stripped was strange and the money missing was strange i was like not only do y'all need a thesaurus you also need some police help up in el cajon right i mean and the thing is is obviously someone must have been there to help him because he couldn't fucking walk on his own and his crutches are there so what happened did he crawl to taco bell at 2 a.m like i don't understand what the fuck what what are you saying it just they they dropped the ball they know they dropped the ball and they're trying to cover their tracks yeah bear did have a lot of people coming in and out of his home so there were a lot of fingerprints all over the house there was 
pillows and blankets. Well, and oh, no, that's what I was going to say. The bed was stripped. No, that's what I was going to say. I can understand not being able to go by the fingerprints, but sure. I'm like, the place was ransacked. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So finally, they kind of like retrace all of Leilani's steps. They're like, we asked his friends. She's like, I already did that. And they like go through all this stuff and they're like, oh, shoot. Uh, maybe he is missing. Dang it. We're not dealing with the sharpest tools in the shed here. Yeah. We did search once on Bear's cell phone. And those records showed that that night at about 1.29, his phone had what they call a data dump. As he got close to a cell tower, the phone gets to a point where it has to download data. And that showed at that time that it was pinging off the tower that is on the Barona Reservations Casino. Approximately 29 minutes later, it did another data dump in the Santa Isabel area. So then they do look through his phone records. And so by looking at them, they realized that at 1.29 in the morning, there was a phone data dump. Now, a data dump is when you have metadata and it's in the metaverse and then the metaverse gets the metadata and it downloads in a, a, a dumping way. And then the, the Bitcoin that's attached to the data from the dumping, help me, the dumping data. <laughs> Ladies from- and gentlemen, Steve Jobs, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I'm like, what the say dump one more time. If you say dump one more time, I'm going to close my laptop and leave this podcast. I don't like pig slapping. I don't like dumps. Okay. (laughs) So a data dump is when a phone gets close to a tower and the phone has to download data. I have no idea what the fucking details of that is, what the fuck it means. I'm I'm just trying to explain it. Well, anyway, guess what? All of whatever we don't understand points to he was at the Barona Reservations Casino. Right. But then about approximately 29 minutes, I was like, is that approximate? That seems oddly specific, but okay. (laughs) The phone pings in Santa Isabel, which is a town near the San Diego mountains, and that's about 40 miles away. So there, there is a big tower that pings about a 12-mile radius, and there's Mm -hmm. not much there in terms of, you know, people living there and such. But now they know that he wasn't near his home late hours of the day. So they drove out to Santa Isabel. It's super rugged, and he says there's many places to hide or dump a body. Okay, sir. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why yeah. do we need why do you need to talk about people like that or even like wh- why do we need to refer to human beings being disposed of in that way? Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah. Anyway, it's just very callous to me. But yes, like you said, it is a very rugged area. It's very hard to access and there's mountain lions, bobcats, coyotes, none of which I'm trying to fuck with. Yeah. Okay? No. There's a reason I don't camp, glamp, none of it. <laughs> um <laughs> they send helicopters up there to search the area. Sadly, they're not able to come up with anything. His mother, Leilani, is doing her best to spread the news of Bear's unexplained disappearance and has managed to attract some local media attention. He was taken away from his home. That's all we do know. Another mother, who lives 30 miles north, can't believe what she's seeing. I was watching the news, which I avidly do. I noticed that there was another young boy that went missing who looks similar to my son. His hair, everything, facial features. This is where we learn the day after Bear went missing, another young man by the name of Skylar Peterson Tossick also went missing 
the next day. Now, get yeah. this. Skylar lived 20 minutes from Bear. And Olivia is here, Skylar's mom, and basically says, also, they looked so much alike. Their stature, you know, they were both 5'11". They were both super skinny. And so Leilani was able to get some press and some yeah. eyes on the case through some local news footage. And Olivia saw it and was like, oh, my gosh, this looks so similar. So now yeah. they give us the backstory on Skylar. And you know how you know I'm a theater nerd? How? Every time I was speaking the word Skylar into my phone, it spelled it like Skylar from Hamilton. Uh, yeah, so not alert. Anyway. <laughs> also, I just want to say for the record, I love the name Skylar. If I were to have a son, I would love to name my child Skylar. And the nickname Sky is so, I, I love, love it. I went to high school with this guy. He was so good looking. Oh my God. I went to high school with a Skylar and he was so good looking. Yeah. Everyone called him Sky and he had blue eyes. Oh, I love that. So we get a little background on Skylar's disappearance. He had told his mom that he'd been hiking for two days with his friends, Thaddeus and Eli. And she's like, cool, Thaddeus and Eli, who the fuck are they? Yeah. But my kid's 20 years old. I'm not going to like probe into who his friends are. Right. <laughs> she was just happy that he had friends because, you know, he had changed schools. He lost a lot of his you know, childhood friends. And, and after that, he, he wasn't super social. So she's just thinking, I'm glad he has friends. Right. Skylar had a bite to eat with my mother, his grandmother and my boyfriend. And I came waltzing in the door. I said, give me just a minute. I'm going to come back and talk to you. And when I came back out of my room, my son had taken off. He was gone. She's like, that's weird. I just said I was going to come back and you were going to tell me, you know, all about your hiking and your mountain lions and Eli and Thaddeus. But OK. So she gets a text message from him that night. And it was super weird and sort of like cryptic. And he was like, we met these rich girls. We're going to go travel with them. They have passports. She's like, babe, you don't you don't have a passport. What do you mean they have passports? Right. These rich girls apparently had said like, we'll take you on a trip. Well, it's on us. Yeah. We have all been there as young people where even though something was too good to be true, we ignored it. Columbia House has still has been chasing me down for a very long oh. time after I got those 10 CDs for a penny. <laughs> but then they get you with that subscription and they'd send you a $25 CD every month. Jokes on them. I changed my address. <laughs> the children will not know the pain of those subscription traps. Oh, it Raise was a trap. Raise your hand if you got trapped by Columbia House. Raise your hand. <laughs> If you're driving, keep one hand on the wheel, please. Honey, they're still chasing me. Good luck getting your money. So the texts, they just get weirder, according to Mama Olivia. He says, look, I'm independent. I want to go with them. It's a spiritual journey. No drugs, Mom. And the last thing he says is they want to go to dot, dot, dot. But then he never says where. And that's the last time she heard from him. Yeah. And, you know, Olivia looks into it and she realizes that he left the house in an Uber and was dropped off at a stop sign. How ominous is that? Very. And, you know, where he was dropped off was very close to the last place that Bear's phone pinged. Before he had left, he had asked for all these things like a flashlight and he took a cell phone charger and a cell phone but left his ID, his bank card. It was all very strange in a in a different way than Bear's disappearance was. Yes. But it was the proximity to each other and the, the time in which they went missing and how similar they were. Yeah. And then she's like, wait a minute. 
Bear's name is Elijah. He said he was with Eli and Thaddeus. Is Elijah Eli? Yeah, so she had a gut feeling about them, and that is probably because the name Thaddeus sounds like the name given to the child of two hipsters who probably met in a dark kombucha lounge in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, had a long night of listening to Death Cab for Cutie, and passionately argued over which Kurt Vonnegut book title to change their joint Instagram name to. And that, my friends, is what you call niche as fuck. <laughs> Cue my DMs of everyone who's got a child named Thaddeus. Yeah, Joey, My favorite Kurt Vonnegut book is Breakfast of Champions. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Please direct all your DMs to It's Joey Taranto. Thank you so much. <laughs> Mama Olivia also went to the cops about the disappearance of her son. And guess what they told her? Tell him, Yellen Marsh. He can go missing on purpose if he wants. I mean, I'm literally done. do your job. I'm done literally with... Literally do your job. Yeah. When you meet somebody else that's going through it, it's very comforting because we both already know what we're feeling. Neither of us had ever experienced a missing person and have been learning since day one what we could do. The women start to exchange information. It's good to know that we're not alone and we could talk about how to help each other out. The two moms meet and they have this awful camaraderie. Like, I don't mean to say awful camaraderie, but like, what a horrible thing to have in common. It's a club that nobody wants to be in. Absolutely. That unity, like, please, no. And over time, over the next week, they get in touch with Bear's biological dad. He lives 100 miles north, and he searches for Bear up there. Now we're at October 17th, 2015, and they discover an unidentified body in Lake Hodges. Now, the interesting thing about this is that Lake sort of sits between where Skylar lives and where Bear lives. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's, uh, I can only imagine the panic that both of these moms felt hearing that, you know, because... They, they don't want this to be their son. I mean, they don't want this for anybody. So they're waiting for the San Diego medical examiner to make the autopsy results public. And I'm sure that was excruciating, but they're able to rule out both of their sons very quickly because it turns out that the remains belong to that of a female. So sad. So sad. Now, in November 2015, Leilani got a conservatorship over Bear's property, you know, his home and everything. And I love how Christopher thinks he needs to explain that, like what a conservatorship (laughs) is, as if any of us don't completely understand what that is. Thank you to a one Miss Britney Spears. Free Britney! Like, but I think they skipped over this part because I guess Bear's roommates were kind of squatting because Leilani couldn't get them out without a court order and this conservatorship because they wanted his house back. They wanted to sort of turn it into this, you know, missing person hub. So they didn't really go into this, but I was like, why didn't they just leave gracefully? I mean, who you know knows? what I mean? They, they didn't talk about it. I just thought it was weird that his friends were like, well, you want us to go. You're going to need a court order. They skipped over it. Maybe I'm making a bigger deal out of it than it is, but I just can't imagine people folding their arms and being like, no, I'm not leaving. Like, well, we don't know that they said that. Well, she needed a court order in order for the roommates to leave, she said. Right. Well, I bet you that he probably charged them little to nothing in rent. 
and they were like, I don't want to leave this. Or they were like, I lucked out with this renting situation and it's hard to find a place to live. Who knows? It could have been, but I understand. So in the musical Rent, you side with Mark and Roger who haven't paid rent in a year. Did that feel good for you? You trying to make me out to be a monster? Dudes, I'm on my way. Great. Fuck. I need the rent. What rent? This past year's rent, which I let slide. Let slide. You said we were golden. When you bought the building. When we were roommates. Remember? You lived here. <laughs> How could I forget? You, me, Collins, and Maureen. Okay. And if anyone <laughs> wants to join my one-woman rent concert, you can follow me on Instagram. I perform it nightly every other Tuesday at 7.30 Eastern. Coming to the basement of a McDonald's near you. <laughs> I was approached by a woman about a billboard, but I was afraid of the cost. People over at the Bruna Casino said that everything was being donated. Bears billboard went up in January. You can't miss it, it was huge. That was a big help. I mean, there's people that drive by that all the time. I was told it would be up for only 30 days. His billboard was up for six months. So through the generosity of many people, including the casino on the Barona Reservation, Leilani was able to get a billboard up for six months. It was only supposed to be up there for a month. I know. But then it ended up being up there for six months, luckily, in a very highly trafficked area. And also, it does speak to the kindness and the care of this community. And sadly, though, there is no new information on Bear's disappearance through this. And, oh, I just, it breaks my heart. Yeah, so... That is kind of where it ends. And this is still an open missing persons case. And hold on to your butts because there is a $50,000 reward that they have raised through generous donation offered for the help and information leading his family to Elijah Bear Diaz. And you can also check their website, bringbearhome.com. I went on it this morning. It is still very much an active website dedicated to him and this family. You can tell this family hurts every day and they just want some answers and they have pictures. So if you have a moment to swing by and take a look at the website and of course, if you have any information that could possibly help this family locate Elijah Bear Diaz or any information that would be helpful, please don't hesitate to reach out to San Diego Crime Stoppers at 888-580-8477. We hope that this family has answers. Clearly, they have done so much. They come from such a loving community. Yeah. And, you know, we just hope for closure and some kind of peace for the family. Can I ask you real quick, what do you think happened? All right. This is what I think happened. Listen, take anything that I say ever, unless I've said I've Googled it with a true grain of salt. I think somebody, you know, a friend of a friend saw how much money he had, yep. saw that he had cars and, you know, maybe they said, oh, he gets money from the reservation and they, it was a crime of opportunity. And I think the bed sheet, they probably stole as much as they could, you know, the TV and the money. And I think the bed sheets were stripped because they probably took him out of his bed and did something to him for probably, you know, no 7,000, you know, it's, it's, and I, and I, I fear that he probably did meet with foul play for that money that he had because he was generous. He opened 
things up to people. And it just takes one person to act out of desperation to say, you know, I know this guy has cash on him and he can't walk and he can't get out of bed. You know, maybe he tried to fight him, you know, with his crutches or something. But I feel like they took him out in those bedsheets. What is, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I think I think that or I think that they went to rob him and maybe they accidentally killed him and then they were like, fuck and panicked. Um, But yes, absolutely. I believe that it was someone that he probably knew or a friend of someone he knew and he met with foul play. And my heart breaks. My heart breaks for that family that they don't have closure. But yes, I, I agree with you. Please say something funny. Well, could I interest anyone in an adult game of Twister with me and some very eager homosexuals? Bring some cupcakes. Wait a minute, what key are we in? I have no idea. The key of C major. <laughs> the key of off. Oh, thank you all for coming on this journey. Where is he? I don't know. What a sweet little little baby. We love you guys so much. Um, please find us on all our socials. Yep. You guys brighten our day. Tell them about the Facebook group. You can find us on Facebook at the Obsessed with Disappeared podcast Facebook discussion group. Very close, y'all. He was squi- <laughs> he was closing those baby blue eyes. <laughs> You would listen. If you pushed any harder, you you were gonna push out a fart, and you know it might have followed through. Uh, <laughs> we also are on Instagram at the Disappeared Pod. We are also on TikTok and Twitter. You can find Joey at it's Joey Taranto. You can find me Ellen Marsh. Don't forget, I spell my name with a Y. And we would love <laughs> to have you on the Patreon. That is where we do all of our bonus content. Don't forget. We're covering a new series. We're finishing up with Pink Collar Crimes. It is a blast and a half. It's where we tell all our secrets. Joey told us every episode of Friday Neighbor. Joey told us a secret, and I think they're pretty juicy. Oh my god! I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take all y'all out because you know too much. Don't talk to my mama about my problems. <laughs> also, I cannot wait to see you all at Obsessed Fest. I cannot wait. It's gonna be so much fun. But hot cougar summer is upon us, honey. So I'll tell you those stories in the drama club. Love you, Joey. Waxed, waxed, and ready to relax. I love you too, (laughs) Yellen Mars. All right, we love you so much. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. So we hear from Detective Bar. So we hear from. Sorry. (laughs) You're fine. So they, 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 you know, they use helicopters, helicopters, it's a helicopter. <laughs> you should have seen heli- the helicopters. <laughs> and you will also get, um, you will get all of our ad, you will get all of our ad, you will get all of our regular feed episodes to love, honor, what is it? Love, honor, disobey. What is it? Wait. I don't know. So Joey thinks that people can squat wherever they want and not pay rent. Okay. But we don't know that they weren't paying rent. Anyway, so <laughs> through so through yeah. the generosity. I so can through see the, the DMs now. <laughs> Just kidding. Can you play from Rent? What song is that? Is that is that the opening? No, when they go, oh. Oh, yeah, it's in the opening. Dudes, I'm on my way. I need the rent. What rent? This past year's rent that I let slide. Let slide. You said we were golden when you bought the building, when we were roommates. Remember? You lived here. (laughs) How could I forget? You, me, Collins, and Maureen. Maureen. 